Cat and Cloud podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess no matter where you are. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh, and it's got this special immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. What's up? <laughs> kind of a lot of focus, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Uh, if you listen to the Crown podcast, which just came out. Did you listen to it? Not yet. I, didn't I hear either. it's really, really good. I've actually got some feedback that it's very interesting. Two people hit me up on Instagram, said... Specifically, I'm listening to it a second time through slowly because I'm digesting so much info, which is cool to hear. Slowly, like on half speed, they're all. <laughs> they're all and then we decided to create the culture. <laughs> it was always in the operating place. I wanted to listen to it yesterday, but then I got scared. Okay. I might listen to it on the drive if Jenny wants to listen to it. She'd listen to it. She's down. Yeah. yeah. Go into the go into the mo and figuring that thing out. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think there were some cool little little nuggets in there. Yeah. I like it. I actually invited Carol. I was like, you should come to some of the podcasts and just be kind of like this probe, like ask some questions. Yeah. Because I told her about our format, which is, well, Jared comes over and then we have really good conversation for like an hour. Right. And then we take out the podcast gear and we're kind of in this, what do we talk about zone? So it'd be helpful to have someone else who is just interested in some of the things that we talk about. Right. Just prompting us. I mean, she should. She'd be really great at that. I I noticed that a lot of the better podcasts have somebody in there who does that. Yeah. You know, like um, homeboy uh, Dak Shepard's got that gal in there who fact checks for one, which she's started to do. But like she also just like probes and asks little questions if there's something interesting that he might miss or like scoot over. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be super helpful. She's good at that. Also, someone tight to Google shit on the fly. (laughs) Yeah. Carol, Google it. Help. Like there's a, who, who is it? Jerry on the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Yeah. Or yeah. There's always someone in the... I mean, even on the Altature, he's got a secret person who never talks almost ever who like you are like, oh, there is another person in there, engineer. Yeah. There's and people I, hiding. Also for efficiency, I think it would up the game too because <laughs> since she edits and uploads, she listens to the whole podcast. Right. So she could... Takes the notes to make sure we have all the links in the show notes. Mm. She could do part of that in real time Right. Too. She could just be like, okay, this is going to go. This is going to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And she could have the notes pregame. So she just like, ha- that's interesting theory you got there. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. I like that idea. So, Carol, you're officially invited from me as well. Looking <laughs> looking forward to getting Carol into the mix to spark the convo. Yeah. You know, just take it to the freaking. Sparking the combo has been really fun. I mean, go back, listen to The Crown, listen to our last few episodes. We've kind of just been alluding and talking about the experience expedited growth and the struggles and the monies and the things. And so being able to kind of like work on the focuses in terms of 
balancing everything out and stabilizing our company is actually really energizing for me because it, it it's tangible even though it's big and I, I feel like my personality thrives on stuff like that yeah i was thinking about you the other day and you are uh very active and your imagination is very active right and sometimes you'll be in the zone like let's do this let's do this let's do this and i was like i wonder if sometimes jared like causes problems just so he could solve them later <laughs> <laughs> not on purpose <laughs> no. definitely not on purpose and just seeing how you responded to this i was like oh jared is loving this right now because he you, you can put rubber to the road and yes. you're like, i'm gonna take control of this and i'm gonna help over here right. and i'm gonna push this in this way and it's it's really interesting to see the different times where different people really, really come in, come into the zone. I'd actually argue, not even argue. No, I think what I'm realizing too is we did a little bit of cart before horse stuff, which we realized, right? It's like we let people with who are freaking amazing, but just who have like a quarter of the experience of you and I like try to take over problem solving, figuring things out, which is just inefficient, right? It's not that they're not capable, but it's like, the amount of time it might take to walk through problem solving something for any of these amazing individuals could be hours where we would have been like, well, I've seen this 20 times. We could do five things like right now. Let's make the best decision as a team in the simplest way of like, this is way more complex, but being able to recognize that sometimes like my ACE should have been sticking around instead of trying these different things. It's almost like we got bored, right? So, it, without it's not literally that but well, it, like, ki it kind of is though it's, in a it's, way it's like we tried to put people in the places where we do our best work and therefore you kind of become bored because you're not doing your best work you're trying to like show other or like let other people do your best work for you well i well if okay. that makes sense to me it, it does so let me go down this road let's for, do it uh with with you so let's if, if i'm inside your head and you're kind of this got a ton of experience in retail coffee you know you've been head of retail operations for for different companies managing sure. these kinds of things and then we open our own company mm -hmm. and you're kind of taking on that same role there comes a time when maybe you're not bored of the people that you're interacting with but there's something inside you that's like okay i've been doing this for a long time right and then what are some other things that are on my mind that yeah. i think would benefit the organization and i think the three of us just kind of all had those things in our respective areas and were we kind of made some big jumps early on because yeah. i was feeling the same kind of way with coffee roasting and the wholesale thing and i was just like dude okay mm -hmm. i don't really want this to be my day-to-day -day for the next one two three years right how do we get out of it so some ways you know there's there's only a certain amount one of the biggest things you can do to help people learn is give them some sort of freedom right sure. autonomy to problem solve for themselves mm -hmm. figure out solutions but there's levels to that each step like yeah. every person is only ready for so much at any given time. Mm -hmm. And for us, I think we saw the built-in talent to a lot of the people that we work with. And we're like, totally. dude, they're super fucking smart. It's all good. So there was some peeling a little bit too early and not all of the knowledge that could be imparted was imparted. Uh, uh, completely agree. I also think <clears throat> I've become more and more kind of a believer in the idea of some form of not literal sabbatical, but it's like if I were to look at myself, I actually love doing a lot of what I'm 
kind of stepping back into, which is not literally a head of retail, but just taking on some of the mentorship for my and our retail team. And that stuff I actually love. But when you've been so close to it and you kind of read up on how the best businesses work, your job is to replace yourself and to move on in order for the greater good right, of the company. And so you're right, like a little bit cart before the horse jumped it like too far away. And the other part is it, it probably if we've had thought about it, like to take some form of sabbatical from that job where it's like, I don't even worry about that, which we sort of did by throwing Chuck at head of operations of the whole company for a little while. We didn't, it was wasn't like a, why we did it. Right. But if we were to like, if I were to backtrack, I'd have been like, actually, I'm probably just going to take on very few projects and like move myself away from these things for a little bit and then re-engage to help because I'm noticing that I'm really, I do love that stuff and I love to see this experience in retail grow. And I was more like kind of in the, the freaking isthmus in the middle doing what I feel <laughs> like is nothing. Nice, yeah, dude. <laughs> nice isthmus drop. Thanks, dude. <laughs> it's like Panama over here, dude. <laughs> I was just like between. between two bodies of water. <laughs> yeah, dude, right. Baja Thank you. <laughs> Fucking hey, dude. <laughs> I was there though. And I wasn't able to feel like I could engage like fully anywhere. I could just engage a little bit everywhere. And so mm. it almost felt like I was, I was kind of a non-factor. It was like this. I felt like I'm needed everywhere, but I'm unable to fully help anybody anywhere. And I'm kind of just like a non-factor. The end. <laughs> and, and it wasn't exactly like that. That's how it felt to me for a long time. Yeah. No, I totally relate to that feeling. It's interesting. It's super interesting. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I had a really great conversation with this dude Todd yesterday. Yeah, um, he used to work for TaylorMade. Yeah, but now he is the head of coffee, which is a position that he just kind of created for the French Laundry. Right. So Rywood's barista. Is that uh, his name is? No, 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 it's no. like Twixton, Twixton Ken- Kendall. Yes, that's what it's I like meant. His three Those names two. all together. He's in, a good human being in the same zone. Yeah, super nice guy, and he, I hadn't really talked to him about his experience in the restaurant and how that worked and kind of his relationship with Thomas Keller and what he does on the day to day. And so they were talking about different ways to kind of manifest his, his mission, Thomas Mm -hmm. Keller's mission, which is to, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's something like create memories. Well, that's my dog right there, which is pretty good. Pretty cool. And if you don't know who Thomas Keller is, he's like a world renowned chef. French Laundry is probably his most favorite restaurant or most famous restaurant. It's a three Michelin star restaurant. And he's one of the earlier, like the earlier pioneers of that stuff for America. Yeah. Yeah, He's been in the game of like that level of food movement for a long time. And now apparently has 15 restaurants under that Thomas Keller group Mm -hmm. in mostly Northern California. Like. Uh, French laundries in Yontville. I've still that's one of my dream places to go eat. Yeah, I've never gone. It's it's been a dream since I was in high school. So we should talk about this more because he was really forthcoming and he was saying, "Well, do you know what stodging is?" Yeah, yeah. So you you can stodge if you're in the industry and you can kind of go work in a restaurant. It's kind of like a it's test. Like a working. It's interview. like a working test shift or something. Yeah. So he said they have periods of time that they do um, observational stodging where you or I, someone who doesn't really have kitchen heavy kitchen skills, can come and be in the kitchen and just observe the way everything works. Oh, that'd be the best. Which I was like, dude, that sounds fucking fantastic. Yeah, just eat that up. Yes, that's amazing. I immediately thought of you. 
And he, we were talking about the, you know, Thomas Keller's role in the company now, which he is not the head chef at any one of his restaurants, but his focus is one part visionary looking towards the future. Like how do we create the best experiences possible mm-hmm. and make these memories? And then on the other end, he's like this kind of energy ball. So he'll, he'll show up in the kitchen. He's not necessarily, you know, doing the, the head chef duties. Right. But it's kind of neat. Like part of the, the end of some of the dinners is like, Oh, uh, Thomas is in the kitchen. Would you like to go meet him? Yeah. And, in the vein of knowing exactly what he wants to do, creating a, a memory, being able to meet a world-renowned three Michelin star chef at the end of your meal is kind of fucking special. Bananas. For sure. Yeah. So I, I'm always curious about those people. I was talking to him forever. I was like, sorry for the questions. It's just so curious to me when you have someone who is known for doing this one thing. Uh, and for him, that one thing is cooking really amazing food right and for somebody like us for a long time we were known for making really awesome coffee really awesome guest experience Mm -hmm. what do those roles transition into when the person is no longer doing that thing Mm -hmm. that made them come up in the game sure and you know what are they thinking about what is what are their relationships like you know how how do they make me hungry how do they interact so he was and he was such a nerd about it like in the best way to where he is like really really into working at the laundry and i would be too yeah Yeah. i mean he loves his and he he was really forthcoming about because coffee's an end of the meal thing yeah and most most places like that don't have someone who heads up the coffee program Mm -hmm. or the tea program or whatever and he's like i love it i get creativity in doing the things that i do most of my day is pretty much we're buffing and polishing silverware make it perfect and that's totally fine because the the proximity like he gets to work in close quarters with chef on on certain occasions and has a lot of freedom in his little thing and he's just like yeah i got some pretty big ideas and it's it's going really well so that's really exciting congrats it was cool to hear about listening yeah i hope you're listening what up Uh, that would be i mean i know you know there's the they have a sister restaurant next door in a garden and apparently you know obviously you might know more but a lot of the time you you see more thomas keller like looking through the garden and just kind of looking at things like that and like i don't know if that's true or not but i think the next door place does pizza if i'm not mistaken i don't like bread related things i only know uh the laundry and then Bouchon, their their yeah. bakery, but wait, it, that might actually be the literal attachment. M- might next be door. what? Yeah, I think French laundry, laundry and Bouchon are side by side. And then I don't know, I don't know any of the the other restaurants, but it was it was so it was such a cool conversation for so many different reasons. Um, one was the intentionality on on every level, so. He he purchases accessories for the coffee and tea program too, um, to to make his little concoction. Like the presentation look nice. Yeah, and, the whole and thing. one of the one of the things is like he's like you know I have to buy this bushel of of mint, right. and this mint is however much money, and it and it's really expensive, but it's super rad because one of the one of the vinters that we use or someone who grows this thing that's in the dish also grows the mint so there's these things that trigger your imagination and mm. and memory like the the whole time that the that the meal is happening the explanation of everything it's like ties through the whole it, meal. yeah and it's all building towards making that really awesome memory right and then talking with him in the context of doing the coffee program and, and being where he's at he's like yeah there's there's a ton of opportunity for me 
to move quote unquote up in these different areas Mm -hmm. in the restaurant. But the things that I'm learning where I'm at and being in close proximity to the things that I'm into, like he's like, I can make more money as a runner. Sure. Like simply running right. food. You get tipped out at the end of the night. Tipped like out. Crazy. Yeah. You get a you get a big bump. He's like, I could have that job, but I'm specifically holding off because I get to work on these really interesting projects and interact with chef more often. And to me, that learning experience and the potential of that is way higher than just simply making more money, which I think is really cool, especially in in our industry when people are just going up and up and up and up and mm-hmm. up and don't really have like the thought process of what's going to make you awesome in like five or six years. Cause I was like, dude, it's so refreshing to talk to you because I talk to these really well-intentioned people who work in coffee and I'm like, what do you want to do? What, like, what's your perfect job? What's your perfect vision of the world? It's like, I just really love coffee. And I'm like, cool. What do you want to do with that? I just want to make coffee. I'm like, right. Me too. Let's keep going on <laughs> yeah, that. Let's, let's, go let's, let's expand on that because at some point you're going to run into this this wall. So imagine how we feel when we're talking about we've been in this industry for a very long time. We open this business and the desire for us when we have a ton of freedom as business owners to even get away from some of these traditional roles that we've fallen into because we see like a bigger vision. Right. That's even a little painful for us. Imagine how it's going to feel when you've been a barista for six years. There's no, there's nowhere to go up. And then you start feeling the stress of like, is there anything else more? No one's really paying me enough to do what I'm doing right now. And right. I didn't think about it until now. It's interesting. I don't know. It was just a real. It was a. I'm totally off topic, but it was no, a really well, cool conversation. I mean, it kind of transitions into this thought where it's like, if money is your main indicator of what you're looking for to like, to essentially answer that question, you've already gone too far down an unhappiness trail, and money will never make you happy anyway. So, you can kind of self-analyze. If you're at the place where you're like, well, I need to get paid more, you've either disconnected from the soul of your job, or you have stopped growing and oftentimes stopping growing is two parts it's not being challenged by your leaders around you or people around you and also just being fully like maybe not as self-observant and or disciplined with yourself in your day-to-day um i I think about that too with the exception of those people who like literally can't pay their bills right? right so let's move them off the table if you can pay your bills you know, and you might have more ambition, but like in your moment, if you're paying bills and you're able to survive and eat your food and like have a few of life's luxuries that let's be honest, most of us can do even at our quote unquote poorest so far. Um, it seems like you have just not maybe been surrounded by those people that make you feel challenged and alive. And I would say that's a big opportunity for you and I just to circle it all the way back, right? If we removed ourselves in order to try to grow this thing too fast, which we did, <laughs> we pretty much openly talked about that. We've missed the opportunity to essentially challenge, give perspective. And even if it's not, ex- it doesn't go exactly our way with all of our experience, we will save a lot of mistakes and help people to grow a shit ton faster. Then they'll feel good about their lives, even if they're not going to a new position. So it kind of takes this whole idea we started off this conversation with and it means to me like Kendall, Preston, Weston, Kendall. That's Todd. what I was. What's his real name? In Todd. The, Todd. There you go. Jeez. <laughs> Instagram got Todd Weston Kendall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like he has 
understood that growth comes from being able to like be in proximity to those people that make you f- feel like alive in some ways that you can literally see the growth or you can you're the kind of person who would observe them you know if we got to stage you and i we'd be observing that whole kitchen and bringing in a shit ton of ideas whether we follow through with them in our cafe or not i bet you we take a few of them and be a, like, few, What's? a few nuggets yeah. yeah and so and those insp- those seeing something doesn't mean you have to replicate it you could see something that inspires something yes completely totally like, tangential. totally like tangential yeah. you're like oh i just had this idea i'm gonna do this thing which is i think maybe why i feel so alive in the face of what seems like a big task to pull off this year is that i think there's some opening of the minds that can happen and some perspective shifting that can allow people to stress less on the wrong things and focus more on the things that move the needle. And I love the idea of helping people have less stressful lives and be more successful in our positions where we currently are, you know, 45 to 60 people somewhere in there for retail. There's a lot of people to work with and helping our current leaders to be able to like open the perspective and is, is just an exciting, there's exciting prospects there. For me, I'm, a pros- I'm an old prospector Dropping now. Prospect bomb, I'm gonna huh? jump in there and yeah, we'll get some gold nuggets out of there. What I want to ask you a question. I know you do, dude. You're good at questions. What is? What are some of your interview go tos for people who are inside the company moving into a different position? Ooh, you know what? I was just thinking about these, and I didn't write. It was yesterday because there were some questions that were like we've missed a few things. Ooh, I'm going to have to sit on that for a second. Okay, because we were also having this conversation he and yesterday. You? Um, no, this was with uh, myself and Carol and Sam. Girl Sam. Girl Sam. She tight. I, I mean, I often, I, want, I often want to just probe their mindset. And so I think part of why this is weird is I've been thinking about not fully new, but like slightly newer approaches to asking questions in terms of interview than we did in launching our company, mm-hmm. you know, just cause there's been so much growth in my opinion in the last three years. So a lot of the questions would have to do with maybe the person's perspective and how they could, how they believe they could have impact or even just seeing if they can see the big enough, the big picture and have like critical thoughts over it. You know, how is your current department store department store? How's your, current how's department it, how's store? it look? What are the opportunities? What are the places where, you know, it's potentially missing. What are the the magic things that potentially aren't as magic right now that we started this company with? Like, what are the things that you came here with? Are you and your team like in that zone or is there opportunity to grow and change and influence, you know, like questions along those lines right now seem to be the most prominent. I've gotten to the understanding that, People are literally me, you, everybody were made to kind of get comfortable really, really fast. So like the status quo could be very, very special when you get somewhere and six months later, it's not special anymore because you're used to it and the body, like the human adapts quickly to their environment. So, you know, people often forget that like paid vacation and trips and all these things are like a huge part of why our company is special. They're also a huge part of why sometimes we haven't been able to just like give people raises all the time because it costs a lot to do those things. And so anyway, like just looking at all these perspectives, I I like 
to believe that if you're going to move up in our company, you have to have a good understanding of like a bigger perspective of how all of our values and our business ethics, how they work together to grow so that you can actually like support growth for people who have questions. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's the overarching theme, right? So I have a lot of questions I could work into that, but that's where I'm going. Right. I, I like that approach too. I, I, we were kind of kicking around things as like, man, I'm, I'm just so curious to have these conversations and just ask people, why did you like, what made you want to come to work here? And what are the things that you're looking for in an employer and just kind of tap into the cultural zeitgeist of what, like, A, what is on people's minds? Like, right. when, when they're looking through this sea of potential employers, what makes them choose one or other? What is, like, what get, adds the most value to their life and their existence at work? And just kind of right. listening to that and then contrasting that with some of those bigger questions. Like, you know what's something that's going on at, at cat and cloud that nobody dares talk about. Right. Like what, what's, what's in the mix that is on everybody's mind, but no one wants to say, mm -hmm. and what do we do about that? Right. Where does that fall in line? Cause I agree with you. It's, it's funny. Cause anybody, we were having this conversation. It's like, sure. Anybody could do any of the jobs that we have, but that doesn't make any of those people the right person for that job. Yeah. Or the right person that you want to work with. I mean, I literally wrote down for like reference, the best person from the job for the job is not necessarily the most qualified internally or the, mo you know, like the best person for the job isn't always going to be like your highest performer. And that's, there's depth to that in my mind where you have to look at the way they process information, the way they're going to lead. It's like, you could be amazing on paper and not be the right person for a job. And that's an interesting thing to consider. And your value might not be directly tied to mate, uh, metrics and a lot of world businesses tie your worth to metrics only. And I don't think we'd like to run a business that way. I know we'd like not to run a business that way. And so it's, um, yeah, those perspectives are really interesting to me. They're also going to take some time to kick around with like an upper leadership team to work into a middle leadership team. And, you know, that stuff is is entertaining to me, though. And I think so, so valuable in creating a culture that's not just cookie cutter because I I mean, it's funny to me, but it's like, yeah, we could just not do all those things that people talk about us for and maybe pay people a little a little more money. Then you just have a job where you make coffee, maybe, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I removed when when Carol and I were working on the because we're hiring a full time person to work in marketing. It's yeah, the first baby. Full time park person in marketing aside from Carol. So I took her job description and we were looking at it together, and we were looking at all the duties, which are duties, and then we were looking at all the metrics of success, and they were all numbers. They were all this much year over year x percent increase this many thing and i was just like does this feel a little weird to you she's like yeah it just feels like not it doesn't really feel like us i was like yeah this shit fucking sucks so we just got rid of all of those things and 
used metrics of success that we feel better represent a marketing person's um, contribution. So one of those things internally would be uh, the like the Cat and Cloud. Cat and Cloud employees have a better understanding of Cat and Cloud culture, right? Like, and and the stories where where like all the things that are special to us and all the reasons why we built this thing, they know those. Yeah, they're much common. much more. Oh, it's so key and to our future. Like, um, instead of you know ten percent web growth year over year, or whatever it's something along the lines of you know telling like how, how do you be of service to someone who's on the other side of the screen right. right people could people could buy coffee wherever they want it's not really a big deal what tapping into like what it makes it feel special for them you know going back to that that thomas keller thing he's legendary food sure. is amazing there's probably other food that's that good but if you have one meal where you eat the food and leave versus one meal where you eat the food, then go into the kitchen and meet the chef. They redesigned the kitchen to have uh, X many feet of extra space just for guests to be able to stand there. Nice. And they could observe and talk to the people really quickly and move on. So we've been spending just the bulk of our time feeling like, what's our version of meeting the chef? Yeah. And those are the things that are going to continually move that financial needle for you because mm-hmm. if you start with a financial it's like we need to grow ten thousand units year over year Ew. then we just start thinking about okay how do we move more units and figuring out how you move more units is not the same as how do you serve the people who have trusted you like put you in their care mm-hmm. it's like a completely different conversation it really is and it was really interesting. It's funny how all these conversations tie together, but that restaurant's been open for a long time. And I was just like, how is the growth? He's like, oh, it's just growing and growing and growing because, mm-hmm. you know, with every step of the remodel, when we integrate new things, it's always thinking about how do we make that memory? How do we create that stronger memory? And it's not about how can we turn twice as many tables? No. Because those. Like even though creating the memory will get you to turning twice as many tables, right. the process is different and lends itself towards different things. The difference is that people will crave and remember and tell others and then they'll want to experience it too versus like, yeah, the food was super good and fast. Right. And also it's just, it's not that fun to work on things that you know are just to serve this numerical purpose. Yeah, right? the machine. Like how cool is it to work on an art project where like, what's the purpose of this project? Well, it's, well I have to sell 75% more than I did last year. That is the purpose of this project. Wah, so every wah. day you come into work and you're just like, yeah, I'm 75% right. more. It's just not inspi- It's not inspiring at all. Or it's like, versus I'm creating things that tell a story of our culture. That is the reason that this art project exists. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to sell some and we'll see what happens. But it's not like I'm coming to work every day being like, Number, 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 number. Yeah. And I think I felt that stress. I've been feeling that stress for the past year. Yeah. Probably. And all the financial conversations lately don't help. And it's so hard to have the restraint to not go into super overdrive mode and make all these corny little things that are just stupid and probably aren't going to resonate with people anyway. And it'll just be more wheel spin. And to just hold on to that longer play and be like, okay, let's be really thoughtful about 
what got us into this situation mm-hmm. and the best way to get out of the situation. Because the situation is a result of making decisions on the fly, not looking enough at the bigger picture yeah. and what we're actually doing. So the best way to reverse that is to settle in, be calm, look at the bigger picture, what needs to be plugged in, and then plug those things in like really methodically. It's yeah. like it's like fucking going to the gym, right? It's like yeah. you're not gonna go to CrossFit once and be jacked. It's, <laughs> no. You know, you go be hurt. enough. Oh, yeah, you're gonna be hurt. You're gonna be it's hurt. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be in pain. Yeah, you're gonna be like, I fucking hate my life. Yeah, but if you just keep going over and over and over and over, you're gonna get in shape at some point, and then you're gonna be a healthier, happier human being. As gonna, it turns out, you're gonna wear your whoop band, and you're gonna be like, my, my heart rate band. is through the roof. My recovery is good. My recovery is. How was your sleep last night? My sleep was great. My sleep I, was I got a. Yours was not good. Or no, good? mine was fucking phenomenal i had really great dreams i got 82 percent sleep recovery oh, i went wow. to bed early though because i was sick so you know i actually i was in bed at nine but yeah it's, it's good you know i got a lot of disturbances that just means you roll over my rem sleep was you know a little low but add people have what time did sleep. you get up where, where does it say that uh, or does it say i that? got up yeah no no it goes boom so 652 i got 652. up 652 i was oh, trying to sleep, sleep yeah yeah I did that on purpose. Seven hours, 43 minutes, which is 20 minutes more than Wait, I Wait, you said you got in bed at nine. I didn't go to sleep, though. Uh, and it like literally can see like when your heart rate sinks into sleep. Oh. It's kind of weird, but it's totally, it's, it's weirdly accurate. Kind of surprising. Like, I'll lay down and I'll look at the clock. And I'll I, like look at the one on the side. And then I'll, whenever I fall asleep, I'm like, oh, cool. It calculated like the 10 minutes or so. It counts your latency. That's what I, they call it. Which is the amount of time before you went to sleep. That's so. between like bed and sleep, basically. It's like right there. Yeah, it's like when you go into your bed versus when you fall asleep. Mm. So one, I've been pretty, I'm actually pretty efficient with my sleep, as you can see, 90%. But yeah, anyway, good talk. Working yeah. on it. Yeah, it's weird. So I've noticed that I've been kind of going to bed at 10.30 or something That seems like, like my that. real time. And then... 10, 10.30. I think 10... It's so weird how much difference these little chunks can make because 10 or 10.15, I sleep way better than 10.30. And I don't know what it is. It doesn't even seem like it would make that much of a difference. I found out that normal people, their melatonin starts releasing around 9.30. So mm. sometimes the longer you wait, sometime between 9.30. So like sometimes when 9 30 and 10 30 is like where it goes it like starts kicking in and then people with add it tends to start kicking in like 10 30 or later mm. so you can kind of like start to train yourself which is what i do right same thing but that might just be it like your melatonin might kick in like right around that's like my peak. 10 o'clock that's my you, peak tone in I'm yeah just like, and you're like oh so it goes in right now. and then you like set your circadian right yeah it's weird so if i go to bed at, like let's say i go to bed at 10 ish in between 10 10 15 i wake up without an alarm clock like Every time before my alarm goes off, yeah. so I go to bed at ten thirty, which probably means I fall asleep at like ten forty-five yeah. or something. I don't know. Get a whoop, you'll find out. Then uh, I, the alarm clock wakes me up. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I mean, pretty if you're weird. Consistent, and you have your stuff that you'll be more consistent in your sleep categories too. Yeah, it's kind of tripping me out. I'm just like, okay, cool. That's what it is for for the geek in you. Let me transition to something that Hit I because I was sick like not feeling good at all yesterday so i did a lot of watching stuff in bed Brittany went to yoga at 7 30 so basically from like 7 30 to when i went to sleep i watched the cartoon clone wars oh yeah it was pretty good well yeah but i finished the last se- i basically skipped a lot of it went to the last season it is like yeah it's really interesting also it, it's just sorry i'm no, just like good. i'm like gonna yell at myself for a second every once in a while i notice that i ask these questions is it good it's like what the fuck are you supposed to say to that yes or <laughs> yeah. no it's like is it du- good? it's like the dumbest question well, to ask. Well, 
it could not be good. I mean, a better what question I think is interesting would be, you know, is it's like what's it all serious. about? It's not for kids. Yeah, I've heard that. And more so than it's not for kids, it tells a lot of stories and it makes like it fills in a lot of that stuff that a lot of people arguably are annoyed at in the series. It's weird that you have to watch a cartoon, but there's six seasons of it, and the last season is like so much information about Mace Windu, how it came to be that Yoda like can be a ghost. Like all that stuff. Mm. The stories are all there. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And it's serious and people die. It's like not it's like not for kids. It's some, like a legitimate thing. There's some like Obi-Wan stuff in there somewhere. Oh, or? tons of Obi-Wan. And it's like they're a lot of them I think are the same voices. If they're not voices, they're voice actors that sound exactly like Samuel L. and Ewan McGregor and they all do of voices. Them. Yeah. Whoever I these people are, it's like voices. It's really good. So I'm gonna just like if you're interested in the history basically it's like between episode one and like the start of the actual movie the clone wars number two there is six seasons of story jeez that is like apparently like legitimate like locked on to whatever the canon and the lore just as we had talked star wars before and you're kind of getting into this world i was they're like oh now you can see mace window mace window being a badass and yoga being a yoga yoda being yoga. a ba- yoga flame yoga fire so anyway i was i there was some pretty badass episodes there's like a two-parter that kind of just basically allows mace window to be sweet and he goes on like a mission by himself just with jar jar binks yeah i thought they under undersold him in the uh actual movies for sure they was just kind of a dude and it really wasn't great acting by him either nah but they're all i mean they're all kind of pretty semi-week except for sort of yoda what year did that come out what year did episode one come out I think 99. Carol? <laughs> I think 99. We yeah. looked at this the other day. It's it, like 99 through 2003 or something like that. It's funny because it's... Dude, directing is just... Ama- it's Pulp Fiction versus what he does in there. Totally. It, it's like a totally... He's so amazing yeah. in Pulp Fiction. It's just like next level shit. The acting is better in the cartoon than it is in the movies. I saw the coolest fucking thing. I'm watching, down for that. I want to hear that. Uh, in terms of just really appreciating the process and loving what you're doing, it's this thing that Quentin Tarantino does, I guess, on a regular basis. I saw uh, a, a clip of it live, and they'll do a take, and the take isn't quite right or not perfect, and he goes... Let's do it one more time. Why? And everyone on cast shouts back to him, because we love making movies. And it's like <laughs> it's like a call and response thing that is like built into their culture when they're making films. And I'm just like, that is fucking sick. That's so it's such so a simple, cool dope. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's do it again. Like, remember why we're here why? at the because end of the day. Because we love making movies. Right. It's like you can be we tired, get, but you love making right. movies. Right. We get to do, we get to fucking make movies. It's insane. Right. And it's just I don't know. It's kind of bananas, and it, like most jobs have their little little things like that. And I mean, they have when they're making movies, they have a way harder job. They make a lot of money, but they like they have a really hard job. Long hours. You have to be perfect, no matter how you feel in those moments. You have to work really, really hard to be a professional actor, actress. Yeah, and you're working especially with, actress <laughs> with someone. You have your skill, but then there is the director who's charged with pulling the very best performance out of you. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have someone breathing down your neck all day, right? Giving Show you this runners. little like minutia to be like, just maybe a little bit more like this. Yeah, do that, but this. 
do better, basically. Such do, an interesting thing. It's there's a good this, idea. There's this restaurant in LA called Inconito. It's kind of like this uh, uh, Japanese-inspired thing. But they have a they have two kitchens. One of them is like floating in the middle of the restaurant. And it's got this weird, crazy grill on it. Maybe it's their only kitchen. Anyway, they have a similar thing that the head chef does throughout dinner. He does this call and response thing. I don't even know what they say because yeah. it's in Japanese. Right. But he has one thing and then everybody else replies. It's like, you get hungry. It, it's, just, it's just cool. Right. You know what I mean? I was just like, that's just, it just feels dope. Like it builds camaraderie. In yeah. This it's weird, like we're all, way. we're all together. Right. We're all here together. We're all doing this job. And even, I, I feel like, even if the night fucking sucks, because let's say you're having the worst day, you're cooking in this open kitchen, everybody who probably makes more money than you is just looking at you cook their nice food right. that they're going to eat, and you're just having a, a funky time. Some sort of call and response like that, everyone's together, you're just like, yeah, I'm not alone in this mm-hmm. experience. There's There's other people here, we're all doing this job. Worst case scenario, I'm part of a of a team, and we feel bonded together, and I I fucking love that. That is, I think it's so dope. That is something that with all of these new people is like a big. I think a big goal is to help all of these new people feel connected to what we're about and being outnumbered as leaders. Recently, you know, like we felt that, and reinforcing all that is so key to all of this right i mean in marketing if you're going to help people to feel connected to our culture there's so many things that i mean as an individual if you're trying to teach everybody train everybody and lead everybody it's just you're overwhelmed so there as we all come together it's such a good opportunity to 2020 fortify this motherfucker yeah i'm super inspired by it and i'm i'm really inspired by looking at some of these things that that other people are doing and kind of how how those things like turn into reality and it all comes through conversation and observation and a lot of reading, but it, it's cool when you're just open to having that conversation. Like mm. Kristen, you and I were talking about orientation at the roastery the other day and we were talking about information and where should we do this and what should we do that? And then for some reason I thought of the Minotti's secret menu right. or whatever, which is a picture of, Caesar Minotti and on the back there's a fancy menu that you only know about if you pick up the menu. I was like, what if we had like everything that's special in our culture, little hidden gems built around it. So maybe there's a, this little frame picture that lives on the bottom side of the roastery, that, the roaster that's a picture of the roaster and you pick that up and you flip it over and it's like, this is the first roaster that we bought like when we started our right. business in, you know, this year and it used to live in Portola and just like really interesting facts that happen. Whatever. Yeah. Name is, yeah. And then just even history before that. Yeah. Well, his like name Grace is Frankie. Named it Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. yeah. And then before we had Frankie, we used to drive four hours to go roast coffee at our friend's coffee roaster, package everything and then take it in empty <sighs> green coffee bags to the to the post office ourselves and the next day. Out. Right. Yeah. With some little pictures of right. stuff like that. And then what if those things were everywhere? So what fun. if there's a picture that's just hanging up as art in Abbott square and you flip it over and it's like, do you see the wrap on the espresso machine? All of those signatures are people who donated to our Kickstarter campaign, which helped us finish the funding when the money that we got from our SBA loan ran out. Right. So along with our opening staff. Along with our opening staff. Everybody who yeah, opened Everybody this who us. is original staff mm-hmm. is on that machine. So right. when you see that machine, that's what those signatures are. And that stuff has been 
like I'm just lo- I'm logging all of these things because I want to make it a big part of the year because it's just really really exciting to me and just being being present talking to people telling stories with each other has like kind of sparked all these ideas right. more so than like if I look at myself last year it was like I was really digesting a lot of this podcast stuff like the in- so influencer much. stuff and it's fun. And some of it helps me knowledge-wise, but nothing has been as powerful for me as just one, reading, two, talking to people, having experiences, and Mm -hmm. paying attention in real life to what makes your heart sing when you see it. Right. You know, what makes you get like those fuzzy butterfly feelings or what makes you um, uncontrollably smile when you don't even want to. And I like like paying attention to those things are helping me to identify how I want work to go and what things we can do right. to help the culture and move the organization forward. So and that's been that. like a huge little revelation for me, I guess. I find that is dead on. That's dead that's on. It's dead on. So how the, yeah, I so feel that. It's it's down to simple sometimes. It's, so many of those things that a lot of people might consider the basics are actually what end up making, I would assume you too, like in our retail experience smile it's like you come in and you get in just perfect shot of coffee espresso and you're like that's what i'm talking about that's why i got into this business originally and it's it's not that simple and it is that simple at times to just like deliver me a perfect coffee and honestly recently shout out to the team the last like four shots at least four shots of the truth i've had have been better than probably the last six months like you guys have all been working on it and it makes me feel so good just because I already knew our coffee was good, but that care and that focus and your ability to like grow and taste this coffee. It's those, those are the little things that people are like, Oh yeah, it's that much better. And they don't necessarily walk away being like, that's so much better than Starbucks or so much better than any other specialty coffee I go to. They just walk away feeling a certain way. And memories are a big part of what, if we do a great job in our culture, you will create memories for people every single day at cat and cloud it is built to do that and i think helping everybody to recognize that is part of the gig and i do get hyped on that too every day it's fucking dope i don't know if i have anything else to say at this point i feel like Uh, that was a lot of hunger except for we should you know talk about our friend that was a lot of hunger oh you mean tom oh (laughs) i mean my friend tom at santa cruz chai (laughs) i wonder what people think when we transition into this little tom session you know what they should think how can I get my hands on some of that juicy, creamy, spicy nuggets? <laughs> you could get a job at QVC. Oh, just, man. I know I could, but I don't want one because that doesn't make my heart sing as much as this num-nums <laughs> and the creamy chai. Joey on staff today got herself a nice chai on her break. She's new. And I said, how do you like that creamy beige? And she's like, what? And I'm like, your tasty chai. And she said, it's actually one of the best chais I've ever had. And I was like, I'm really glad you said that because we like it a lot too. And now I can honestly talk about it on our podcast. Thanks for the plug. Thanks for the plug. Should, yeah. You're like, can I come back and just film you doing that? Just <laughs> say that again and make it feel real. Just sip on your iced chai. I know you're saying it for the second time, but just pretend yeah. like it was the first time. And, and yeah. And just, you know, anyway, everybody should know that it's the truth it's delightful and you it gotta get good. some it's great service wise you can't beat him anyway the dude is down he cares don't sleep on chai don't sleep on chai people want it guess what if you're the kind of company that only serves decaf 
Just kidding. You don't serve decaf and you don't serve anything but espresso <laughs> and coffee. Kind of company that only serves decaf. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I'll be there. You're missing out. You got to diversify that menu because not all people want to come get only coffee. That's my opinion. I believe I'm right on that. So integrate yourself a fine chai. Hit them up. That's Link in the good. show notes. What are you doing today? Me. After this, we're going to record the news for our company. I am almost to 11 o'clock where I will eat because I get all my calories between 11 and 7. I got a great surprise for you. Cool. And then I'll go to the west side. We don't have to record the news today because we already did it on Tuesday. Yeah, I forgot we've changed our program. That's so crazy. So yeah, I'm in default. There's a bonus for you. Yeah, we did that on Tuesday. Uh, uh, So then after that, there's kind of a shiz ton of planning. Okay. So, I mean, I shot shot you and Chuck a bunch of shenanigans. Uh, Today or? Yeah, like over the last couple of days. I saw the ESO. ESO and like place to stay and place to stay. Oh, right, right, right. I reached out to a couple just to plant a seed like La Marzocco and LMUSA and Art Presso just to be like, hey, I'm interested in volunteering because, you know, because we're going to get up there and help out in the uh, SCA. And then um, and then it's over to Swift Street to talk through opening that place with Levi and Nicole, which I had a great meeting yesterday all in. And listened to Tanner lead the meeting and kind of got to like tell them why I'm going to sit in those meetings. That was good. Dude, I don't know. This is probably bad for me to say. Who knows? I'm going to say it anyway because I love making bad decisions. I love the gold chair legs. You know what? I don't dislike them. I know they were apparently supposed to be black or something, but I think they look great. I'm fully down to keep them. I these are, these are some of the things actually that I've been mulling over. Just because you said something like this, right? The the positive intentions that a lot of our people utilize are often on so misdirected to me because it's like on the the legs and like I understand the the want and the need of like the thread and the consistency in a space, but I'm like. If it ain't broke, don't fix it sometimes. So like I appreciate the the want for perfection, but sometimes the the mental focus of like what are we going to do to fix all these legs? Yeah. When like the store's not even open and we could be focusing on hiring. It's not even something that makes me mad. I'm just like, man, this is the stuff where I have not been helping to keep the focus. Mm. And maybe you have missed those opportunities and right. maybe Chuck cuz it's like you might be right, but guess what? we could get away with it even a whole year because those those legs serve their purpose which is keep the chair up their legs or people chairs. sit on them yeah or yeah. even down to like yeah it's just stuff like that so if you hear this and that was on your mind and you're the person or persons who brought <laughs> this up to me know that i'm not judging you in like a negative way but just it is so easy to get hung up in details like that that actually don't allow us to move forward and be successful and or your business if you're sitting there and you put like 25% of your energy into like a negative employee because you kind of like them, but you have like all these other employees who are sitting right next to you, like dying to help your business. And all you're trying to do is make one happy and not give any of these other one the energy. These are also opportunities. And I'm not saying that in the context of our business, but these are things that people don't, they get so close to their jobs that they forget to like look at the big picture. And that's yeah. the perspective that I think is there. I, I like, actually don't like dislike them or even like them i think I'll, they're cool and gaudy looking i'll tell you why i love them whimsy they're it is whimsical whimsy. and the space is actually really whimsical i 
Sorry for going to visuals on the podcast, but you walk in the door. The floor is really amazing because it's got this multicolored like thing going on. You right. know, part of it's blue, part of it's gray. It feels really alive. The wallpaper to the left is almost like this cloudy blue. Like how it's do you, supposed to mirror the floor? It's, it's essentially yeah. supposed to be like the floor runs up the wall, right. in, it, in a way. It's got like a. It's not a solid color. It's got this motion to it, and then right. straight in the back are the is that cat wallpaper yeah. and the cat wallpaper kind of look it's got this like vintagey um it's totally vintage like on purpose. it's like as as, as far as the cats it's as far as you can go without being like kitschy. full cheesy yeah I totally so agree. It, you know it reminds me of dolores umbridge's office exactly. in harry potter where she's got all the cat things on her right. wall and that's got like these brown tones to it and then there's some burnt wood going yeah. on in there and There'll stuff be like, like that a trellis over that and, it, and it's it's really it, it's it's the gold legs like i feel like fit in that vibe it's like a pop right perfectly because it's there's no like the consistency is that there's like this kind of motion to the room right whereas black legs i don't think they would look bad they would just look a little bit more modern in some weird they might just way make it a little colder in there and I, I, I like the gold it, it, it's got like some shine to it you don't right. really notice it it's just like a uh, energy i guess no I, that's just my two you. cents i'm not in charge of anything so if you're listening to this, like you don't have to listen to me. Whoever you are, I, it's in charge I'm of the down with it. Carol loves them. David fucking loves them too. For what I, it's worth, I also think yeah, like the things that tie that place together are just like little color pops. And so for that gold to kind of be just like the one accent that kind of stands its own, that like holds its own ground, is great because the cushions are gonna basically match the blue and the cat dealios the pictures. Like they're framed. All these cats are like framed in their little mini windows, and the blue behind there relatively matches the floor relatively matches the wall it's like there's the ties are essentially some hexagons and that little blue that goes throughout the whole line and your little wall there's so like uh, color blocking on the other wall yeah yeah, yeah so mean, it's, it's like i'm i'm actually totally it's not broken and it doesn't look bad at all it looks pretty cool i think it's cool yeah and those chairs are supposed to kind of look old school like slightly a little gaudy without being kitschy right because the fabric on them's got yeah. that like um I don't want to say Berber, but it's got like a, it, yeah. it's like a puff to it or something. Yeah. It's got like a, it's like, like grandma's house vintage, feel. Yeah, or something there's a couple like vintage throwbacks to mix with modern, and that was kind of the idea. It's got like a cozy. Yes, you could sit in it and be cozy it, for sure. And that's what I wanted. I was like, I want a cozy chair. Cozy chair. I want a cozy chair to go with your like cushiony back on the other side. Anyway, go with your egg. That was great. I'm down with all these tangents. Great. <laughs> We're killing it. I don't even know what to do. I was just kidding. I got a shit ton to do. <laughs> I'll go handle it. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Right, see you out there, mothers. <laughs> <laughs>